When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Great Britain. Really? Yeah. They were rumored as being part of hate. <laughs> Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of True Crimes Against Wine. I am Topher. I am Rachel. Rachel is going to be our tour guide today. Yes, and Topher will guide us through our distillery. That's right. Uh, I'm very excited for today. Me too. This is our first liquor episode of our second season. That's right. It is. Yay. So for those of you who have not tuned in before, we have done a few of these liquor episodes before, liquors that are tied to different celebrities. And it's really fun because we get to obviously taste the liquor, but then we also try them out in some cocktails that we get to then share the recipe with you, kind of see how that liquor interacts with that particular recipe. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. This will be fun. We also get even more shwasted than usual. (laughs) That's true. A lot of liquor. Yeah, that's true. So today. Yes. I am also very excited because we're doing one of your favorite liquors. I know we've done some of my favorite liquors in the past. No, we're doing vodka. Vodka. Yes. So specifically because our celebrity today is Russian. Yes. I was originally looking for a Russian vodka. Mm -hmm. However, two things. Mm -hmm. One, Russian vodka that's like of decent quality and not only $7 in a plastic bottle is really hard to find where we are. Mm -hmm. And two, Mm -hmm. I really don't want to give Russia any of my money. Fair enough. So instead what we're doing is a Latvian Mm -hmm. vodka, but... Latvia obviously used to be part of like Imperial Russia. Sure, in the USSR. The USSR yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's I would connected. much yeah, yeah. I would much rather give them my money than Yes, agreed. Um, not that I know that much about Latvia, but Oh boy, well. Well. <laughs> having said that, we do have a shot of vodka that we've poured here. Yes. We're going to sip on it and taste it. This vodka is Stoli. Yay. Um, and I chose that because like I said, since I wasn't actually doing a Russian vodka, I wanted yeah. something that was Russia adjacent, but that was also really accessible to you guys. Yeah, you can buy Stoli pretty much any liquor store. Yeah, right and now. it's it's very affordable. Yeah. It's decent quality. It's very versatile. Mm-hmm. So, all right, cheers. cheers. So let's taste and smell. Do I smell first? Do you remember how to smell liquor? With my mouth open. That's right. Like a big old. Fish. I wanted to make sure. Uh, <laughs> I do remember that. I mean, it smells like vodka. It's, I don't know I what know. else to say. <laughs> I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I've been to vodka tastings before. Mm-hmm. I never, I, th- I think they're making it up. <gasps> I do. I When they're like, oh, Darn. yes, I'm getting so many complex notes of like toasted vanilla and white pepper. And I'm like, it it smells like alcoholic water. But Topher, you know, people say that about wine too. Yeah, but they're wrong about that. <laughs> Topher rules. No, like I, I'm really good about smelling and tasting other liquors. Mm-hmm. But vodka, for some reason, I, I don't, maybe it's a mental block. Well, I think so... vodka is... One of the more neutral liquors. Yeah. Now, if you give me so. like a premium, like super high-end craft vodka, that's okay. different because there's a lot that goes into that. But okay. just kind of the middle of the road. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Can we sip it? Let's sip it. Okay. Before I get too sleepy. 
I don't know why I always yell when we start recording. I mean, it tastes like vodka. I don't know. I really don't know what to say about the it. The flavor profile is a little bit more complex than the aroma is. I, I, there is like a little bit of like, I think that's fair. like vanilla sweetness to it, but not like hmm. okay. sugar sweet, but mm-hmm. like a little bit of vanilla bean, I would say. I can, I can. Because you know how. There's like, a little bit of a kick going down to you that I don't know if it's just because we're sipping on vodka. I think it's just that we're sipping okay. on warm vodka. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is the Russian way to do it. Oh. So vodka has been around for an extremely long time, and there's yes. actually a major debate whether or not Poland or Russia. I were was the gonna ask of about the difference between Russian and Polish. So vodkas. yeah, they're basically for a long time now they've been in a culture war. Yeah. Um and so Poland actually tried to sue <gasps> Russia in the international courts several <gasps> years ago for like the like all of the like rights to being the creators of vodka. I love and it. Go Poland. The Hague ended up being like, there's not enough evidence to really show fair, sure, which one. Fair yeah. But I just think that's really funny that both countries really view this as such a huge part of their culture. Yeah. So I'm just gonna talk about Russia since sure, that's our focus enough, yeah. today. But with Russia, it really kind of started back in like the 9th, 10th century. Um, okay. And it was much weaker back then. They would make kind of lower proof. So what is vodka made from? That's a great question. I should have probably started with that. So yeah, vodka. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a neutral spirit. Yeah. And it's made from grains. Mm-hmm. Very often, though, it's also made from potatoes because, okay. especially in Russia, because yeah. that was kind of their cash crop. But basically grain or any really starchy vegetable will do they've actually made beet vodka before i'd like to try that i would too i've never actually had vodka made from beets but i have had vodka infused with beets and that was fun because it had kind of an earthy sweetness to it and then of course it was used in a cocktail but i asked to like taste it by itself yeah Yeah. i just wanted to see what it was like Mm -hmm. so originally the word vod was a russian um, contraction Mm. that meant water of life which you see in a lot of these like slavic nations they have you know the aqua v and things like that and then when you have the ka the ka Mm -hmm. at the end of a russian word it's a diminutive thing so it means little water of life so like like ivanka means little ivana yeah it was a really important thing for a long time with Russian culture. And it started, like I said, as a lower proof thing. And that was mm-hmm. because the aristocrats had the monopoly on all of the wine. It was extremely expensive sure. to import this wine in because they didn't I mean, really that do, makes sense because yeah. of the climate in Eastern exactly. Europe and Russia specifically, like it's not great for grapes. Right. Yeah. So whereas you had, you know, these parts of like Western Europe where the peasants were drinking wine every day because right. that was just like... That was their water of life. Yeah. The peasants really kind of relied on this lower proof vodka that they would then even cut more with water. And then towards like the 16th and 17th centuries, vodka became like a really big deal among the aristocrats too. And they were making higher proof and all Is of that because things. of potatoes actually coming to Europe at that time and kind I, of changing how vodka yeah, was made? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because it, it really became this major economic thing. I think also there's always been a major culture of alcohol and drinking in yeah, Russia. Yeah, that's um, fair. So I was reading about how in the ninth century, one of the czars ended up, they were kind of going through this debate about what the national religion was. Mm. And Islam was actually brought up as a major contender for I mean, for that it. makes sense from like Constantinople and being exactly. so close. Yeah. 
And the sole reason mm-hmm. that this ruler rejected Islam as the was because of alcohol. Wow. Yeah. It's just really funny to me. And it's kind of remained that way to this day. I was just reading um, recently about how I believe it's like one in eight deaths in Russia is related to alcohol consumption. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They have had to like really tighten up on a lot of restrictions. Like they no longer sell alcohol after dark in Russia. Even in the winter months? I, I, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I guess they're just like stock up. It's also one of those countries where all of the liquor stores are government run. run. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so like there's a story. This happened in 2016. Okay, so pretty recent. Yeah. So there was a town in which 78 people died of poisoning from counterfeit <gasps> oh, alcohol. Wow. Because apparently 20% of the market is counterfeit alcohol. Oh my gosh. And that's due to the fact that economically it was so expensive to go into these government regulated liquor stores Mm -hmm. and buy vodka. So there are all these vending machines like at the grocery stores and stuff that sell products that have ethanol in them. Oh no. And then people would like mix those and make their own and then sell them to people for cheaper. Oh gosh. Yeah. And so they died because they ended up drinking sunscreen that had that was advertised as having ethanol but it was actually what is it meth methanol instead i don't know I'm not a basically it, it poisoned so bad. Yeah, yeah geez and it's the largest mass po- mass poisoning of something like that that's happened in uh, russian history and so as a result the government put some um temporary restrictions on those kinds of products being sold which i love that we're just going to temporarily take that off the market but Wait then a there, and then their other solution to it permanently was to lower the price of actual vodka. Well, I mean, that's probably fair. <laughs> Just like, oh my gosh. It's, yeah. I mean, if that's why people were drinking these other things, right. I guess it makes sense. Right. Yeah, vodka has been such a central part of Russian culture and Russian aristocratic culture since like the 1600s and it's also one of the major ways that they have made their money Mm. um, both within uh, actual Russia and also in terms of exports yeah there's something called the the vodka belt yeah and so that's you know all of these Slavic countries but particularly the closest that you get to um, or the closer that you get to Poland and Russia you can see it kind of really condensing more yeah so fascinating yeah now obviously vodka is made just about everywhere in the world now there's a lot of american vodkas as well um much different approach there there's a lot more in terms of like doing craft vodkas here in the u.s versus they really kind of stick to that same style that they've always done in mm-hmm. Russia. It's a classic vodka. Yeah. Um, you now, it will vary between being grains and potato. Okay. And like I said, there still will be some beets. Sure. Versus in the U.S., you're basically never going to find potato vodka. It's always going to be distilled from grains. Really? What about corn? Corn vodka is definitely something that's predominant in the U.S. I wouldn't say that it's as... Just because I know, like, the corn syrup and, like, the corn right. industry is so big in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. that you'll find a lot more corn vodkas here too okay but i think wheat is still definitely the predominant one one. yeah i was going to say something else about it in russia oh it's not necessarily limited to russian vodka but due to the distillation process that's unique to vodka Uh it contains less of the contaminants and imperfections that the other 
major liquors and spirits have, like rum and whiskey really? and things like that. And so you're actually a lot less likely to experience the negative consequences of over imbibing the night before if you're drinking vodka versus something else. Now that is not so... me. That is not me saying that this is a health drink or that well... you're or that you're not gonna have a hangover. Okay, because that's what I took from it. There's a chance that it might not be as bad. What if but, I mix the vodka with like Pedialyte? Will I be okay the next day? Are you are you doing your typical vodka rum cocktail? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I do think that also what you mix with it has a major factor, regardless yeah. of the liquor that you're drinking, because if you're having cocktails that are sweet and sugary, you are going to have a terrible headache and hangover the next yeah, day. Yeah, that's... So those are easier to go down because you're not... They don't taste strong. But you but can you also suffer. achieve that same sort of thing yeah. by using those fresh squeezed citrus and things like that that we've talked okay. about. Like if you're using like the store bought like already squeezed lime juice, that shit has so much other crap in yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Just squeeze your own goddamn limes at home. Well, we will try one of our craft cocktails in a minute. Fact yes. checkers Fact preparing checkers them working for on us. those for us. Just some freshly squeezed citrus. Yes. And I'm excited because this is something that he has crafted specifically for us for this episode. I love it. For both He's of so these cocktails. Sweet. So He's I did best. help. I was like, I like these and ingredients. Bossing you around make this happen. Helping? I came up with the ingredients. Okay. And then, okay, that and then is I was helping. like, you yeah. make this Work. You're the mastermind behind it all. Yes. Okay, fair. As always. As, as usual. So, okay. Talked about vodka. We obviously have dropped the hint that we are doing Russian vodka, Russian-ish yeah. vodka. Yeah. So, who is our celebrity today? And I swear to God, if you say Vladimir Putin, I'm going to throw the rest of this shot in your face. Okay, Putin isn't the guy's name, but it's Rasputin. Rasputin. Yes. So this is also kind of a first in that we are doing a historical figure. I'm excited about that. Me Rasputin too. is such a weird, fascinating he is. character. With, He's so crazy. And lived in a very weird, fascinating time, too. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, so you want to talk about his life? Yeah. Will we wait for our first cocktail? Yeah. Okay. He was born in Michigan. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Take a drink. Thank you. No. Grigory Yefimovich Rasputin. Grigory Yefimovich. What? Yefimovich. What is it? Yefimovich. 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 See it? Yefimovich. His father's name was Yefim. Oh, yeah. And then Ovich is son of. Right. By the way, I have not studied the Russian language, so apologies ahead of time for any mispronounced names of people That is going to be ditto for me. It is not meant to be disrespectful to any kind of culture. We are also drinking vodka. We are drinking vodka, (laughs) and I just want you to know we are doing our best. We're doing as much of our best as we're willing to put forth. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not our best at all. We're doing it. We're doing doing something. I'm saying we're both a little lazy people deep down inside. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. All right. So he was born January 21st, 1869 in a very small town in Siberia to peasant parents. He had seven siblings who all died in infancy. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was the eighth who lived. Now, there are rumors that maybe there was a ninth sibling who also lived into adulthood, but that's been disputed by historians. It's been rasputed. (laughs) Take a drink. Thanks. Thanks. Bad pun. (laughs) (laughs) You liked it. I did like it. I like a good pun. So there are rumors that maybe his younger sister, Feodosia, survived into early adulthood and that he was godfather to her 
kids and they had a close relationship, but that, that's been disputed. What a weird thing to be like a possibility, but we can't prove it. Like I can see them well, being like, oh, it's possible that he had a sister, but to be like, it's possible that he had a sister with whom he had a close relationship. Right. I feel like that's very easily documented. Well, part of it, okay, twofold. Part of it is because Rasputin was a very controversial figure yes. in his time and beyond it. And there were a lot of rumors. So a lot spread. of rumors that were going around. And two, he was in this very small town in Siberia. His parents were illiterate. Like, they were peasants. Nobody knew how to read or write beyond, like, right. people who had some money or were in the church. So like record he keeping, know? he didn't know how to okay, read or write until he was into his early adulthood. Okay. But for a lot of his life, he didn't know how to read or write. Hmm. Because why would you, if you're just working the land all the time, you have no need for that. Uh, well, how are you going to win the spelling bee? There is no spelling bee, Topher. There's no spelling bee. It's the farming bee. What did they do for fun? Who farms the biggest turnip wins? <laughs> I don't know. There oh, wasn't I bet fun. They turnip vodka too. Oh yeah, probably so. I try that. I like turnips. Yeah, I do too. I'll, I'll have a turnip vodka infusion cocktail with you. Yeah. So he. Um, We're just basically making like a shepherd's pie out of vodka. I mean, don't well, don't throw in like the ground meat to the drink. I don't think that would no? be good. I don't want to what drink about, meat. What about like a ground beef rim on the glass? Gross. <laughs> no, ground beef rim is not a good phrase. <laughs> Let's just strike that from our hearts and minds. I think I've seen that video. Topher, I was going to say, let's not. All right. There were rumors, again, a lot of it is hard to verify, that he was kind of like a bad boy in his mm. youth, like petty theft, stealing things, whatever. But again, a, a he lot was, of... Was he a jet or a shark? Ooh. <laughs> Going around in his leather He's, jacket. Yeah, leather jacket, cigarette behind his ear. Knocking off the convenience store. Yeah. <laughs> Belly fighting in the streets. Belly fighting. It's my favorite kind of fighting. It's the only one I could probably do. <laughs> now you want to see me do it, I do. I want to see you challenge someone to a ballet fight in the streets. I challenge you, Topher. <laughs> oh, no. I have very weak ankles. <laughs> yeah, so like a lot is not really known with certainty about his youth, but yeah. he did get married at 18 years old to a woman from another peasant family in a nearby town. Her name was Prescovia. Prescovia. Dubrovina. Dubrovina. They had seven children, but only three survived into adulthood. Okay, I understand that he wants to be like his parents, but some trends you just need to break. Like, can we allow the children to survive to adulthood? Jeez. Is that, like, too much to ask? He is like, no, recreating trauma, trauma, trauma. You know what's fascinating to me, actually, though, about that kind of thing is, yeah. like, it was so common back then for people to have so many children, and then, like, all of them die. And yeah. Yet, and yet Russia was still, like... Millions and millions of people during this time. Like, I know. How? That's crazy. Everyone was dying. Well, I guess the ones who lived were pretty hardy. You'd have to be. Yeah, to survive a Russian infancy in this time. About 10 years into his marriage, he decided he was going to just kind of go on a pilgrimage. So he left his family behind. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. He was like, bye. So in 1897, he went on a religious pilgrimage. He's only 28 at the time. 20? 28. Oh, 28. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And so she was having all these children in a very, that's like, yeah. you haven't even and like. Yeah, decades worth of time. Yeah. So like she basically would have a child and then before she's like even off of bed rest from having that child, Get he's like, again. yeah. ow. Yeah. Not fun. But again, like that's very common for the time. It doesn't make it any better. No, it doesn't. But it's not atypical. 
So he went on this pilgrimage. It's not really clear what prompted him to do this, but this is what he did. And he had kind of... I'll tell you what prompted him to do it. Tired of all these damn kids dying. (laughs) Exactly. And the ones that survived are probably not pleasant to be around. Have you been around kids? Yes. Some of them are good. (laughs) Over. It's a very, you love children. It's a very, uh, no, I love specifically. Topher will babysit for you for free. I love like four or five children. And there's a lot of children out in the world. So that ratio is. <laughs> not good. No. Your odds aren't good. The odds are not good that if you bring me a child, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Who's bringing you children? You'd be surprised. You're not making like some packed like bring me your first <laughs> yeah, Exactly. And I'll give you the gold. Well, guess my name. Yes. Carimple Stiltskin. So it's not really clear, like, what prompted this. But anyway, like, this kind of really made him go down this religious path in his life. And he had studied a little bit of religion before he got married. But I don't think it was really quite for him. So, again, whatever. He began hanging out with starrets, which are just kind of elder religious leaders. Kind of like the name. Like the Greek, or not Greek, the Russian Orthodox version of, like, a rabbi or something, probably. Yeah, but they're not necessarily, like, monks or priests. So it's kind of unclear, like, what exactly, like, their role within the church is. Gotcha. But he began, yeah. Just wise men. Yeah, yeah. That's how you say it. Um, Philosophers. Like, holy men kind of deal. But I'm not, like, necessarily ordained in any official sense of the Okay. He spent some time in a monastery, but he reportedly didn't like it because some of the people in the monastery were having sex with each other. And he was like, ooh, that's gay. In fairness. And he also didn't like that the monastery was too strict with some of the rules. So he's like, I'm out. Bye, you gay monks. I like that it was both gay and too strict. This is a a strange juxtaposition here. Well, let's think about it. Was being gay sanctioned? No. Does that mean that people were engaging in activities? But you don't have to like, you can keep it within the walls of the monastery. You can make it look like it's strict to the outside world. But then once you go into the walls of the monastery, it's all like. I don't I don't think it was. I think it was like strict, like you have to read this much and study this much. And we're only giving you one beat per day to eat. Okay, you had me until the only one beat per day. I'm like, I get to go on a gay cruise where like. Reading and essay writing is mandatory. I am there. Gay nerd cruise. Okay. New idea. Gay nerd cruises. <laughs> yes. I'm in. We'll we'll do it. Yeah. We can buy a cruise ship, right? Yep, absolutely. Also, <laughs> yes. books for nipples. Oh, that'd be cute. Like little pasties little for pasties librarians. That, yeah, that like you can oh, like. You can flip turn them. the page. Oh, adorable. Yeah. Really cute. So you have to pick two books, one for each nipple, which book? Ooh. Okay, Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier right here. Mm-hmm. And the complete works of Oscar Wilde right here. Okay. Any reason why that you would place the Rebecca on the right nipple? The left nipple's my good one. Okay. <laughs> so you're saving that for Oscar Wilde? Yeah. Sure. That's my gay nipple. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. So, How many minutes into this podcast are we and we're already talking about nipples? It's inevitable. It's going to happen. <laughs> so he um, left the monastery and became a stronic, which is a holy wanderer. Is this, so he's like this is not the same around. thing as the, the other term? That no, he's said. not a starret. Starret, okay. He's, he's a, a starret. And again, I apologize. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing these. So uh, like a holy wanderer, like a pilgrim? Yeah, kind of like a pilgrim, kind of wandering around. Kind of like a, a traveling salesman? But of religion. <laughs> and Russian Orthodox religion it, is, I don't want to say strange because that's disrespectful, right. but it's, it's very unique. 
I will say that. Well, for people who kind of grown up in like a Western Christianity, it seems a lot different. Yes. Even even from like Catholicism. Sure. It's a completely different right. sort of thing. Right. A lot more mysticism, I feel like. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that. Okay. For sure. Good, yeah. good, good. So he gained a pretty big following in Siberia at that time when he was like a holy wanderer. And this is when some of the rumors started about him having like sex orgies. I've heard these rumors. Having women like having to like wash his body as part of like a holy ritual sort of thing. First of all. Self-flagellation was also one of the rumors. That's kinky. First of all, I've seen photos of Rasputin. Yeah, oh, I we're going to talk about... I was scared of those photos when I was a kid. He has like a the, scary look. He has a very scary look. in the black and white where his eyes yes. look like haunted. Yeah. So first of all, I don't know who these women were that were doing this. Oh, there are more women to follow in the story of Rasputin, so I forgot to talk okay. about this. Okay. Should we get a cocktail now that we're getting into like the sex and kink? Yeah, let's have a drink with let's us. Let's have a cocktail. Okay. All right. Fact checker. We're going to we're gonna get fact checker in here real quick. Ring your bell. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. All right. So we have got our cocktails from fact checker. Yes. Tell us what's in these cocktails and then we'll jump back okay. into Rasputin's weird sex life. So the first cocktail that we're doing, because we always try and do like a warm weather and a cool weather. Yeah. So for this one, I wanted something that was backyard, back patio friendly, mm-hmm. gardeny. So this is what I'm calling the Dacha Garden Punch. Oh. Dacha in Russian is cottage. So, I love cottage it. Cottage garden. Yeah. Um, so obviously a vodka base. Yes. And then we made some really strong green tea and mm-hmm. chilled it. Mm-hmm. Fresh peaches that we mashed up and then mm-hmm. strained. Mm-hmm. A little lemon juice. And then you top it off after that with cava, which is a Spanish sparkling wine made in a champagne style, but it's a lot cheaper than champagne. Yeah. We've talked about cava before, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. yeah. And then garnish it with a peach. I think it could also be garnished. We didn't have any, but you can garnish it with like mint and basil as well. Oh, like really I had make some it. fresh basil. Oh, we should have used it. God damn it, fact checker. Um, but I've not <laughs> tasted this yet. I just right. knew like these Looks are the ingredients delicious. I want. Cheers. Mm. Oh, this is oh my delightful. God. That fresh peach comes through so well. Yeah. I love this. It's got like a little bit of tickle of effervescence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Now, did Fact Checker make us a whole pitcher? He didn't. Well, I actually don't know. I don't think he did. Oh, but here's man. the thing about this. So it's not that it's difficult to make. It just is a little bit labor intensive on the front end. Sure. So that's why I like it as a punch. So if you were to make everything and put it in a nice pitcher or a punch bowl. Yeah. And then as you serve it, you can top it off with the sparkling wine. Okay. So you keep the bubbles. Uh, yeah. Keep yeah. the bubbles uh, separate. That way it doesn't get flat in sure, the yeah. actual mm-hmm. thing. It's one of those things that you can easily make ahead of time before your guests get there, mm. put in the fridge. And then when they get to your house, just go ahead and pop open the bubbly and start it. serving them. You know, boyfriend and I have been talking about we need to like actually clean up our back patio and grill mm. so we can oh, enjoy our outdoor space. Night, yeah. yeah. So this um, would be lovely for you mm-hmm. to make and bring to us. Thank you. 100%. Okay. I think that you could probably also play around with the ingredients to yeah. your liking as well. For instance, if you're not a vodka person, you want to try it with more like a botanical gin would be really great with this. Mm-hmm. I think you could also do it with like a tequila blanco Ooh. if you wanted. Hmm. We used green tea. Mm-hmm. I honestly think the green tea could possibly be a little bit stronger in this. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm the, not the really getting... The peach is definitely Yeah, the kind peach of, is the primary flavor, but it's um, delicious. Yeah. But if you were to be using a more delicate 
fruit. Like these peaches were really, really ripe. Yeah. So there's so much flavor. If you had like a less ripe peach or a white peach, for instance, Ooh, that's yeah. more delicate. I do like white peach, yeah. I think that, you know, you could play around with mm-hmm. kind of the ratios, but mm. it's nice. Lovely. It's not overly sweet. It's just no. very fruit forward. The lemon tartness comes through. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I can tear this up. It doesn't taste like it has any alcohol it, in it. It really doesn't. So that's kind of the danger it's to this a cocktail. little bit worrying. <laughs> but yeah, so the cheers, the Dutch Garden Punch. Thank you so much, Fact Checker. Thank you, Fact Checker. Oh, mm. Yeah. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's talk about you and me. I spilled a little. Oh, no. That's my problem with martini glasses. It, martini glasses are difficult. And these are very full. These are, which I appreciate 100%. Yeah. But well, I, I, will. I will tell you too, in terms of serving, you don't have to use a martini glass, but try and use something that has a wider mouth to it yeah. because otherwise you're really not going to get that uh, effervescence and sparkling. But also part of this is that peach aroma. You want, yeah. yeah. Oh, this smells delicious too. Yeah. It smells like, this sounds really weird to say. Okay. It smells like a really good Bath and Body Works like body lotion. Oh, I can see that. That I would like want to put on me all the time. Like yeah. when you were a kid, did you ever steal your mom's Bath and Body Works stuff, but you would apply it like three or four times a day and then she would get mad at you because well, you were using it all up? So my mom didn't go to Bath and Body Works, but I got really into it in middle school because that was like the cool place to go. And like, yeah, you would bring your bottle of lotion with you and then like reapply it to yourself in class oh, to kind yeah. of show off and to also like smell good for any boy you like. Why is it that we felt like Bath and Body Works was like such a luxury item when we were in middle school? I don't know. But like it's really not that expensive. But even now, like when I go into a Bath and Body Works, like it transports me back to like my adolescent and teen years. Like, oh. So I actually don't like going into Bath and Body Works stores. Does it overpower you at the yeah, yeah, I get dizzy. And that's happened to me since I was yeah. a kid. I like them individually they smell so good but then yeah. like all together i'm just like much. i can't fair well let's talk about rasputin how did he smell he not good <laughs> well we'll get to that he doesn't look like he would smell no good. he doesn't well we'll get into that during our okay. cross-examination he started gaining this following he met up with this religious leader named theophan who was very well connected in the church and also had a lot of connections to nobility mm. And that's what really allowed Rasputin to kind of get into St. Petersburg and meet the Tsars and Tsarina. So in 1905, Rasputin was in St. Petersburg and he was then introduced to Tsar Nicholas and Tsarina Alexandra. Through these religious religious connections. And he had already had this reputation as like being a healer, being a holy man. So it's not like he just walked in off the street and was like, hey, what's up? I'm going to, you know, become super close to your family and... We'll have bad consequences for everyone. Now, was this reputation that he had, was it like a legitimate sort of like people held him in high respect? Or was it more of like a mysterious sort of like, oh, I've heard rumors about this guy? Really kind of both. Both? Okay. So also this time too, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, there are these like mystical religious movements that were very popular, especially among nobility. So there's spiritualism, which was a really big one. Yes. I know that like in like Queen Victoria's court, they would bring these people in a lot of times like after dinner parties yeah. to like do these like, like spiritual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seances. Some of it was religious or religious yeah. based, but it was much more of an emphasis on like mystical supernaturalism. Well, that's kind of what spiritualism is. Like there's this belief that like you can talk to 
the spirit world and that like being dead is not like such a distinct state of being from being alive. So like sometimes people are like kind of possessed by spirits, but not in like a negative way, right. but a way of like, oh, the spirit came Speaking over me and through. spoke through me and I wrote this this book or whatever right. from the spirit. How? Spiritualism is still kind of big in Brazil too. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I find it very fascinating as yeah. a subject. I, I do wonder though, <clears throat> excuse me, because I know that you said, you know, Rasputin obviously is, he's the spiritualist now, right? Right. Essentially. And, but his connections are all like high up in the church. Well, kind of a officials. lot of people in the church didn't necessarily like him. Either. So how was he able to get these? Because enough people who were in the right places did like him. So he was, he was, it sounds like he must have been a very dynamic character. He was. good at like. Yeah. Like, even though like he looks very scary, I think that's part of his look, but it was also kind of enchanting too, in a way. Mm. So if you're of this mindset of like spiritualism and mysticism were real and a part of your life and you had this guy who seemed like he could kind of access that part of right. the world for you and you we're kind of already primed to believe that you'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. I do think there's something to be said too for the culture of, of the aristocracy at the time. Yeah. Because outside of the czar's family, I do know that like Russia really honestly has had this strange thing of being kind of behind mm -hmm. in, in everything for a very long time. And so they were very weird about education. And if you were wealthy, you didn't need any education. Like there were aristocrats yeah. who like literally were not fully illiterate, but just basically illiterate. They weren't reading philosophy. They weren't, you know. Which is different than a lot of Western European yeah. countries. And yeah. so it makes me wonder if that was part of the vulnerability that they had was they were being exposed to all of a sudden these new exciting ideas from this one man who's very dynamic and mysterious. And it was, it was entertaining for them because they're, they're not sitting well, that, around. That was part of it too. Like you mentioned about like the nobility sitting around after dinner and having like these seance kind of things, which was kind of part of it too. But I think Rasputin was also very enigmatic and not maybe charming would be the word, even mm. though we, neither of us find him charming. Charismatic. Charismatic. Yeah. I'll say charismatic because a lot of women were really devoted to him, which is, crazy listen um, we love a bad boy we love somebody who's we're not you have been you've gone through that before i've gone through maybe that not phase. to this extent but <laughs> not to this but uh, yes. all of us We've have all been attracted to someone that we knew we shouldn't we knew. be and that was part yeah. of the appeal that was probably part of it too at one point there was kind of like a rumor and again i don't know how much historians can like verify this but that some like Russian nobleman almost felt it was an honor to have been like cuckolded by Rasputin, <laughs> which is just like, it's, that guy, really? Okay. But here's the thing, like I get it to a certain extent because it's it's almost like a celebrity fucked my wife kind of thing, yeah. you know? That's the closest they had to that back then. And there was this like religious aspect to it too. Like we can't discount this. So Tsar Nicholas wrote in his diary in 1905 about meeting Rasputin that he, quote, made the acquaintance of a man of God, end quote. Huh. So, like, they were really ready to believe it. Alexandra was super primed to believe that Rasputin was his holy man, more so than Nicholas. Mm -hmm. She was closer to Rasputin than he was. Yeah. Mostly because of their son, Alexei, who Rasputin, quote, healed. Mm -hmm. Alexei was hemophiliac. 
Which means he loves blood. He loves blood. Can't get enough of it. His body's like, I love it so much, I'm going to leak it. <laughs> and he was the sole He was the heir. only boy that they had, yeah. So he was the heir to the throne, da-da-da-da-da. I think probably, like, his parents' favorite as well. And Rasputin just kind of had this presence where there were several times where the boy was having, like, a really difficult time, couldn't stop bleeding, was feverish, you know, all these things that look like, oh no, the prince might die. Mm -hmm. And then Rasputin kind of walked in the room and then the boy was fine the next day. So people were like, oh shit, like he really can't heal people. And Alexandra really jumped onto that. Um, Which wouldn't you if, if... Of course. Science, the science that you have available to you is not helping your child. Well, and think about the science in the early 1900s. It's not really there. You know what I mean? Especially in this country that is very isolated in a lot of ways from other parts of europe and feels a lot of mistrust of western influence yeah 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 because russia has a history of like certain leaders would want to be more european but certainly there was a lot of backlash yeah 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 and the the religious leaders were really kind Mm -hmm. of the ones who were like we don't need this western influence and a lot of times you know you're looking at the trajectory of history and the religious leaders are kind of dictating the science that's allowed to come into yes. the, the zeitgeist and the culture of those that's people. That's true, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I get where she's coming from, honestly. If I was like, oh, I've, I'm at my wit's end as to how to like keep my child from dying. And then this man comes in who's charismatic and seems to actually like, be helping. Like this man prays over my kid and then my kid is fine. Yeah. yeah. You believe like, okay, 100%. yeah. 100%. So he became super close to the family. The children were instructed to call him our friend. He wrote letters. That feels creepy. It's a little creepy, yeah. He wrote letters to like all of the kids all the time. And it seemed like he genuinely cared for them. Were these letters like, was he trying to instruct them? Kind of like, I read. Just to be a mentor? Yeah, I read like little excerpts of things and it was like, Oh, you should look to find God everywhere, especially in nature. So it's kind of like these kind of Interesting. vaguely spiritual things that are kind of yeah. like encouraging and uplifting. It's like the inspirational quotes of early 1900s Russia. Right. And just so that we're clear, I, I don't want to take things for granted. We are talking about the Russian royal family just pre-revolution with yes. the most famous member obviously being... Anastasia. Right. Of the animated movie Anastasia. Anastasia, the 1997 film, in which Rasputin was portrayed as the villain and the Mm -hmm. bad guy. Well, I think he is constantly portrayed as the villain. But that wasn't really the historical relationship that he had with the Romanovs, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. And we'll get into that. Yeah. Because I do know a little bit about that. He is portrayed as a villainous character. And in a lot of. Media, too. Now, rumors are still swirling because of his close relationship with Alexandra and the family. There are these rumors that he's having an affair with her and that he's sleeping with all the girls, too. Gross. One of the nannies or like governesses kind of role. Yeah. Was apparently alarmed that Rasputin was like in the room talking to the girls when the girls were in their nightgowns Mm -hmm. getting ready for bed. And probably, like, nothing happened. It doesn't seem like anything happened. But she was alarmed by this, and she went and reported it, and they fired her. They're like, nope, you're wrong. Get out. I know. So that just shows the hole that he had on this family. Yes, and people were very, very concerned and threatened by the amount of influence that Mm -hmm. he had over... Because these are absolute monarchs. Right. So... It's not like they've got a parliament. No, they don't. So the Romanovs were not... Nicholas and Alexandra, the last of them, 
the Romanov dynasty were not the best leaders, let's say that. Really kind of oblivious to what common people in Russia were experiencing in their day-to-day lives. And Nicholas didn't really want to be no. the czar. No, and there wasn't a lot of interest in actually like ruling. Alexandra, was she, wasn't she like the one she of the, the granddaughters of, of Queen, Queen Victoria? Vic- yes, yeah. that's true. Yeah, she was. Because they say that Queen Victoria, we're going to do an episode on her at some point yeah. too. But they say that she was the grandmother of Europe. Because yeah. she had so many Honestly, children and yeah. those children, yeah, because they married into all of these royal families yeah, all over the place. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So Alexandra, that's a good point, was kind of seen as an outsider to Russia, too. Mm-hmm. She was from Germany and then raised Lutheran, so she converted to, um, God, to Russian Orthodox. Major transition right there to go from Lutheran to Russian Orthodox. But Ooh. she was always kind of seen as an outsider. So there was a lot of already kind of distrust and suspicion around her. And then when Rasputin entered the picture... That just kind of fueled it even more. Mm-hmm. There were political cartoons that were really quite pornographic, honestly, of Rasputin and Alexandra having sex. To again, to kind of like fuel these things against her. Question now, for yes, you. Yes, okay. I don't believe, it doesn't make sense to me that they would just be having like a torrid love affair. Mm-mm. But do you think that he ever exercised his kind of influence and control over her to get her to do things? Or do you think she ever, like, offered herself to him as a way of, like, grat- Like, do you think there's any kind of yeah, credence to these? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't think so. Just because of her status, I think, would have prevented that. And from all accounts, like, she and Nicholas were, like, truly in love with one another. Okay. Like, it seemed like they were truly, like, happily yeah, yeah, a couple. Yeah. However, he did have lots of relationships with other noble women. Yeah. Like, lots of relationships. Well, if you're a celebrity, you may as well get the person. I mean, it was, right? it was basically like, yeah, he's basically a celebrity. So despite all these rumors, and rumors were coming from other nobility who was upset that he had this influence on on the czar and his family, and they were trying, hoping that he would, like, get away if they continued to fuel these rumors. Mm-hmm. And some of the rumors f- were from these revolutionaries, too, who were like, look how terrible and corrupt this system is. We need to get rid of it. Yeah. But despite that, he was getting it all the time. Good for him. Well, I mean, as long as it's... Well, there were there were rumors, too, of, like, assault and rape that went along with it. And again, some of this is hard to know. Like, did this it's, actually happen? Yeah. Or were these just stories from people who didn't like him? Right. So. Very, not to make light of any modern day no. things that we have, but very, like, he said, she said, rumor sort of situation where it's like, but did she even say? Or did someone just... Right. Like, can't you, and this has happened historically too. This even happened like in the court of like Henry VIII and stuff where a a nobleman would be upset because his daughter had slept with the king and then he would like start a rumor that she, you know, anything like that. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's hard to know. It's difficult to know. There's also an imbalance of power in the situation that I just described versus. Well, there's an imbalance of power here too with Rasputin because he did hold this. So much influence. Really high. Yeah. He was massively influential with the royal family. So what happens if and, you say no to and him? And religious, too. Let's not forget the religious aspect of it as well. So, so fucked up. Let's, let's jump into our cross-examination, then we'll jump back into his crazy okay. life and death. Do we need our, our second cocktail? Do you want the second cocktail? I do. Okay, let's get our second cocktail. Okay. 
So let's pause and we'll get our cocktail and do cross-examination. We'll be right back. This one won't take as long. Okay. Okay, so while we're waiting on our cocktail, um, which will be out in just a second. Yeah. It's funny. I was actually just having a conversation with a friend of mine at my pool, and she was bringing up a, a book that she's, or a podcast, actually. It's uh-huh. a podcast she's been listening to called Revolutions, and mm. they talk about these different major revolutions that yeah. have happened throughout history. And... I brought up the Russian Revolution. Yeah. And we were talking about how really different I think you have to look at the Russian Revolution from a lot of other Mm -hmm. major ones that were happening just before that and just after. Because this is a country that in the early 1900s, literally, if you were not aristocracy, you were a slave. You were owned by the people whose land you lived on. Well, here's the really interesting. Rasputin, we said, was born in 1869. Mm-hmm. That was only eight years after serfdom was officially abolished in Russia. That's see, and that's... The, I, all his dead siblings were born technically as serfs. Yeah. And his parents were too. Like, that's so crazy to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we you know, when people talk about how, like, communism doesn't work and look at, look at what happened with communist Russia. Right. And my thing is, like, I don't feel as though from all of my studies that I've done, I don't feel like you can even use that as an accurate gauge. Like that shouldn't Mm -mm. even be a case study because first of all, you can't go from being a complete totalitarian to a like full on communist country or socialist country. There has to be a transition that happens in between. And I learned that in my political science classes where you, you can't make that drastic of a jump. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's, it's physically impossible. Yeah. There has to be some kind of transition, but also to add to the fact that there was a totalitarian government, these, like you said, are people who like literally have parents and grandparents and who siblings. Were slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Like they they remember being slaves. Yeah. And so now all so it's like this thing of like you have these people who had zero freedoms, and then now you expect them to form a government where they have basically any of the freedoms that they want, but yeah. they don't have the education. They don't have the experience of living with Well, and it's and, interesting too. Now, it's been a while since I took a history course on, you know. Russian history. Russian history. <laughs> it's been a minute. But to like the beginning of the Russian Revolution and even into the early years, there were some extremely progressive ideas hmm. too that really just kind of got pushed out the more that, like, Stalin had influence and power and control. Right. I mean, like, his reign was truly brutal and awful. But, like, some of the ideas that came out in the early 20th century with these revolutionaries was kind of very gender equal in a lot of ways, kind of sex positive. Like, there are even some things about, like, truly communal ways of, like, living and raising children that ultimately, like, those did not pan out. But that's kind of, that's also where I'm coming from with my point is that we're talking about philosophies that are actually really noble. They could be sound in practice, but you can't apply those philosophies in a situation where you're having this dramatic. Brutal. yeah, Yeah. It just doesn't work. You can't, it'd be like you have a dog that's never existed outside of a kennel and then you tell it. Hey, no fences, no leashes, nothing. Live your life, man. In an ideal world, your dog is going to still continue to be like, okay. Yeah, faithful to you, like stays on the property, does all of this stuff. But it's not going to, you can't make that extreme. Yeah, there need to be like 
some in between right. steps that happen. Yeah, you gotta just, have these intervals. There really wasn't, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there in terms of our story here, but it's just something that I found very it is. interesting Rush, to talk Russian about. History is so interesting and so fascinating interesting. to you, and it's something I don't know enough about, but would be really interesting to learn more about. And I always I love Russian history, and yeah. I, I read a lot about it when I was in high school because I was a nerd. Yeah. Um, what? Crazy, I know. I remember like reading a like. 800 page biography of Catherine the Great. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's such an interesting figure. So yeah, amazing. Yeah. And we talk about also the rumors that were yes. there to discredit her that it's yeah. like, some of them, I can, de- like, she did not have sex with a horse. Come on. No, now. That's, that's made up. Yeah. But then in terms of the amount of affairs that she had, oh, she had and things those, like that, yeah, it's yeah. like, but then where do you draw the line? Right. You know, Russia is a very mysterious place to me because they, like you said, they really kept that Western influence. To a minimum for they as did. long as they could, except with like aesthetics, because I think, you know, Catherine the Great being she, the she first. Brought it and she, she was interested to, in philosophy and, and she, having she was greater, Western. Yeah, she had those ties to Western Europe, which a lot of rulers didn't. But that's so interesting, like parallels to what the USSR became, mm-hmm. like very anti, obviously mm-hmm. anti-Western, anti-capitalist, and really kind of closing themselves off yeah. with Europe. But some of these things in terms of like their politics and culture like really carried over still. Yeah. So yeah, it's just so so crazy how some of this is. I remember um when I was in high school, my mom wanted to go to this exhibit on the diaries of Nicholas and Alexandra. And it was in Mobile, Alabama of all places. <laughs> I know, right? Like what? So like she and I and my brother, like we took this little trip down to Mobile. Which again, like that's an odd place to have this exhibit, but it was packed. Wow. It was packed. And we went there because my mom was really interested in like Fabergé eggs. And mm-hmm. like that was kind of the draw of like getting into the history of the Romanovs and like Nichols and Alexandra. And then, of course, with the assassination of the family, like all that is just really, really fascinating. Yeah. But it was so cool kind of walking around this exhibit and like seeing some of their clothes that had been preserved, or, like some of their diaries that had That's been so cool. preserved. They had been smuggled out and like kind of reading and looking at these things and just so much decadence. It yes. just over the top, extravagant decadence. Yeah. I mean, I understand why. You would the, have it if yeah. you could. Yeah. Well, I also but understand why the peasants and revolted. the working class were. Yeah. I mean, you see the multi. I mean, how many palaces are there just in within the Kremlin itself? Oh, the, yeah. Like the Winter Palace and the Summer Palace, and then like right Peter Ivanovich's palace, and like I, I'm making that up, but like there's like four different like oh, yeah, palaces right. right there, and then throughout the rest of, and then. St. Petersburg versus Moscow versus like all right. of these different. Yeah, there's so many. But it's actually interesting talking about that overindulgence with Rasputin because he was actually trying to get the nobility and the Romanovs to give the people some more food and grain. Really? And he was ignored. He was also, I wouldn't say he was like pro-Jewish Russians, but he was notably not anti-Semitic, which for the time was very unusual. Yeah, yeah. And he actually helped a couple of people who were being, like, persecuted by the government, some Jewish people who were being persecuted by the government, to not have those charges against them anymore. So it's kind of interesting that he was like, no, Jews are okay, and we should feed the peasants. <laughs> like, let's- That's interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. 
All right, so we now have our second cocktail. Ooh. Cheers. Cheers. What are we drinking? So I figured we can't do a Russian episode okay, without doing it. a Moscow Mule, yes, right? Perfect. So what is the twist on this one? So I wanted to make kind of a fun like holiday twist yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. So for our warm weather cocktail, we're doing, we've got our copper mugs. Yes. We're doing a traditional Moscow Mule, but mm-hmm. we backed off a little bit on the lime mm. and we added actual cranberry juice, not like the from concentrate. Right. Stuff. Cranberry juice, lime. I used fever tree ginger beer because I really like a good Gin- spicy yeah. ginger beer. I like that too. Yeah. yeah. Obviously the vodka. And then we garnished it with cranberries yes. and also a sprig of fresh rosemary. Yes. And Fact Checker made a beautiful spiral of orange peel. It, for this us. is gorgeous. Now, is this the rosemary from my back porch or did you guys bring your own rosemary? We brought our own. Yeah. Raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, Uh-oh. apparently there's raspberries in this holiday cocktail. Let's try it. <laughs> it smells good. Mm-hmm. We are also drinking oh. out of our silly straws, courtesy of... Yes, courtesy of Ben. Shout yes, out to Ben. Thank you, Ben. You all can send us things, too, and we'll use them. How do you this like it? This is delicious. I love it. Really simple. Mm-hmm. Easy to make if you're having a Christmas party or something like that. Yes. Or a Hanukkah party. Yeah, absolutely. I think for our winter party, we should make these. Yeah. Let's do it. I will say it's very difficult right now, because we're in the off season, to Mm. find fresh cranberries. Yeah. So you can use dried cranberries. And what I like to do is soak them overnight Mm. in vodka to rehydrate them. Is that what you did for this? I did. Nice. And then you get a nice little delicious treat at the end. Another thing (laughs) that you can do is just poach them in like a pan to Mm -hmm. kind of rehydrate them Mm. some. I will say I feel like this tastes a little stronger than our summer cocktail. Well, the ginger beer also, I think, has a more potent spice to it. And we're also a couple drinks on, so. All right. Ready for our cross-examination? Let's do the cross-examination. Okay. All right. So this is fill in the blank. Yes. True. Yeah, take a drink. Yay. Okay. This was boyfriend's suggestion. So I've got 10 Mm. for you. We don't have to do all 10. Okay. We can go in any order you desire. I'm going to start with one. Okay. Rasputin was rumored to have bad blank. Breath. Sure. Hygiene. But yeah, I'll give it to you. Take a drink. Yay. So you talked about how he smelled. He reportedly smelled terrible because he didn't like to bathe. He once bragged about um, wearing the same pair of undergarments for six months without changing them. Oh my... That's gross. That's so gross. Especially, especially if you're not bathing. Yes. He would eat with his hands and not use silverware. Was that just... So, okay. Some of this shit I feel like he's doing just to, like, increase. Yeah. Yeah, because he would also, like, take serving spoons and, like, lick them and then put them back and, like, watch for other people. Like, like, he was doing some of this intentionally. Oh, yeah. Which wouldn't you fuck with people? Yeah, but that's gross. I wouldn't. No, that's gross. (laughs) You might do that, but then like make sure you have another serving. Right, I'm like just kidding here. Yeah, he of course had that long beard. Right. He would not clean his beard. He would let food food. that was sometimes like get like rotted and moldy in his beard. It's making me feel gross thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) This is very belchy Rasputin. Yes, it is. Bad, bad hygiene. Did he have long hair too? I've never seen. He did. I've only seen like the parting. He did have, I don't know how long it was. I think at least like shoulder length. Mm. But it looked, I mean, obviously he's not bathing. He's not washing his hair. It's kind of like all greasy and just kind of like combed down. Yeah. And he really was not, from the photos that I've seen, I've never really seen him dressed as a modern Western man. No, he's he, always like wearing robes and that, or... That was very kind of intentional with part of his look was yeah. to have like kind Which, of this... I, like, I enjoy I'm, a signature look. 
well, like, I'm a wandering holy man. I'm wearing these dirty clothes because I'm so mystical and I don't have time for showers. I know? do have to say, if mm-hmm. I had been the princesses, I would have been upset that they were in my room while I was in my dressing gown. Too, yeah, like, be like, you stink. Get yeah, out. get out. I don't, there's not enough scented candles. Now I've got to put more of my Bath and Body Works cotton blossom on. <laughs> My cucumber melon. What about your country apple? Oh, I was never a country apple fan. Why did you like country apple? I liked cucumber melon and cotton Cucumber blossom. melon was a good one, yeah. And then there was like a nighttime one that was like a moonlight like something. Moonlight jasmine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was to me was like kind of the sexy song. I know, right? right? Just because it had moonlight. I think that was what it was, yeah. Okay, so number one, you did well. Next question. Thank you. Two. Okay. <laughs> he called We're turning him. on each other now. Yeah, oh yeah. He called himself... Blank in miniature. Blank in miniature. Yes. Think religion. Yeah, I was thinking it's got to be something religious, but I don't... He wouldn't refer to himself as God in miniature because that would be blasphemy. Um, but it could be a saint in, or mm. or a religious or? phrase like oh. atonement or... Let's Ooh. see. Who is the patron saint of Kevin. healing? <laughs> he is Saint Kevin in miniature. Um. Ooh, this is hard. What are you gonna say? I'm gonna say, like I'm gonna go with like an archangel, like Michael. Like, no, you're wrong. Take a drink. Okay, what is that? I'll let you get the Christ. He did do blasphemy. Yes. He oh my did. god. Yes. Because I was thinking, I was like, I know he's controversial among the religious people, but surely he yeah, wouldn't go no, that far. No, surely he did. Wow. This was already my little like evangelical hangover soul like, is oh, just no. like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> Yeah, well, this was when he was already, like, really ingrained with the royal family. So I think he felt bold enough to say this. He's like, I'm immune now. Yeah, well, and it turned a lot of the official, like, Russian church members and leaders against him, obviously. Uh, Obviously, Obviously. yeah. All right, next number. Let's do 10. Okay. One of the rumored assassination attempts against him was from a Russian Orthodox priest trying to push Rasputin off of a blank. It didn't actually happen. Apparently, like, the priest, like, chickened out and didn't, didn't go through. Okay. Because they know that they did a bunch of different things to yeah. him. Um, pushing him off of a... I mean, I want to say bridge. Mm-hmm. Because they know that they tried to drown him at one point. Mm-hmm. But they could also try to push him off of a, a boat. Are you going with boat? I'm going to go with boat. Wrong. Take a drink. Is it bridge? No. Nope, it's Is train. It... Oh. Oh, Throw really? Rasputin from the train. I mean, that sounds like it would work. Mm. Trains didn't go very fast back then, though, did they? Mm. If you pushed me off of a train going, like, 18 miles an hour, I could probably tuck and roll. I don't know enough about, like, early Russian train history to say. Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. All right, next number. I'm sending you back to school. Next number. Nine. Okay. You're going to like this one. Rasputin said that you couldn't reach redemption without blank. Second a few cocks on the way. You think he was the one? That's right. He was he without getting on your knees. Oh, I like it. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. Is it partial credit? Yeah, partial credit. Okay. He said he couldn't reach redemption without sin. Mm. That well, would, honestly, that's true. Yeah. Because otherwise, why would you need to be redeemed? Exactly. And that was his kind of justification for drinking all the time. He's kind of constantly drunk and having sex with a bunch of people. Yeah. He's like, hey, can't be holy and repent if I don't have something to repent for. I like that thinking. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I didn't think that this podcast was going to go this way, but I'm starting to be like, not necessarily all the way on his side. I'm not necessarily all the way on his side because mm-hmm. there's a lot. 
<laughs> Why are you laughing? What did I do? You just sucked down the entire peach slice in your uh, cocktail. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Honestly, a peach Moscow meal would be really good too. Ooh. We might do that post. Let's combine them, yeah. yeah. There are some things mm-hmm. about him that I'm like, all right. Some I things, mad. yeah. I ain't mad. Yeah. Okay, next number. Uh, what was that, nine? Mm-hmm. Let's do three next. Okay. He correctly predicted blank. 9-11. No, but how <laughs> crazy would that have been? He correctly predicted it was like a, it was a, it was a, it was a disaster. It was World War One. It no. was the assassination of. That already been going on, so no. Well, you didn't tell me what year. Okay, like 1915, 1916-ish. Okay. An earthquake? No. Just take a drink. You're on. He correctly predicted his death. Mm. I'm saying this in quotation marks. That's easy. Okay. Rachel, you're going to die someday. What? You don't know. I do because. I'm not a vampire. You noticed that we got it very specifically, like who got which cocktail today. Oh, no. Is this the poison episode? Yeah. Oh, Podcast ends when Rachel dies. Oh, I mean, that is kind of appropriate to Rasputin. and we'll talk about this in a second. <laughs> I try um, and keep it on theme. You, thank you. No, he said that if he were to be killed by nobility, then the royal family would also <gasps> all die within two years. And that was right. Oh, I think I remember hearing something yeah, about that. That was completely accurate. But I also think he knew that a lot of nobles didn't like him. Yeah. So. It's not like he's. It wasn't like this great vision yeah. that he had. It was just like, oh, these people don't like me. And also, it's like it's the 45th of, president being like, and then I'm going to be a stupid asshole. Right. Well, and too, I think this is also kind of a warning to the Romanovs. Like, hey, you need to like keep me close to protect me, which didn't really work out that well. For <laughs> I me. love that. Uh, so I'm a little bit nervous about what your nobility is going to do to me. So just so you're aware, if right. they end up killing me, I will then, curse you. Then you're going to die too. Okay, guys? Yeah. All right, next number. Let's do eight. Mm-hmm. He advised Sir Nicholas not to get involved in blank. The American Civil War. No. Topher. <laughs> not to get involved in... You're right in with war, the, the military. World War One. Yes, yeah. correct. Take a drink, yeah. Also known as the American Civil War. <laughs> yeah, so he... General Robert E. Levovich. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he said Russia should not get involved, which honestly they probably shouldn't have. What's the point? But he was ignored. He wanted to go onto the front lines and, like, pray for the troops. But whoever, I don't know if it was a religious leader or just, like, a general or some sort of member of the nobility was like, no, you're not going to do that. Oh, I can tell you exactly what happened. It was the doctors on the front lines that were taking care of the wounded. And they Mm -hmm. were like, it fucking smells like gangrene and open wounds here. We don't need more of what you're bringing to the table. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Russia did not do very well in World War I. And he then advised Tsar Nicholas, like, hey, you need to go in and, like, lead and step it up. So Tsar Nicholas listened to him. But Tsar Nicholas was not not a good leader and had, like, really no military strategy behind him to be effective. So it was like, it was a disaster. Do you know that World War I was the last major war to use cavalry on yeah, horseback? Yeah, horse, yeah. Isn't that so weird to died. think? I know. But it, you don't think... It's only 100 years ago, honestly. Yeah, you don't think of it being like that. Like, I still think of, like, tanks, which there were some, there like, were early too, tanks. Yeah. But I've always found that fact to be, like, one of those, like, whoa. It was, like, really the first, like, modern war where you mm-hmm. still have these older techniques yeah. to horses. But then bringing in new things. Like, new like technology that was really automatic just Automatic weapons yeah. and, like, nerve gases yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really. Maybe not, maybe not nerve gases, but gases. Gases. Yeah. Really awful. Yeah. All right. Next number. 
Uh, that was eight. Mm-hmm. So let's go with seven. Okay. When the Romanoffs were assassinated, if all, they were, we don't know that. We do you know that? Their bodies have been found. Not all of them. All of them were. Not all of them. Topher Anastasia's not a real thing. Anastasia might be a real thing. You don't know. I do know. They haven't found her body. They have found her body. They can't identify it as her body. Yes, they have. Topher, they have. Oh, my God. Now you believe in science? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. When the girls were all found, they were wearing blank. And it is Rasputin related. His beard? They, they were all wearing his beard? Uh, I would imagine they were probably all wearing, like, crosses that he gave them. Something like that. Mm. Good guess, but wrong. Take a drink. So I know when they when okay. they died. So they brought them down into the basement. Right. And they were shooting at them, and bullets were flying. Because they had some jewels into their mm-hmm. undergarments. And also the Kevlar. Um, <laughs> the Kevlar jewels. Honestly, though... If I were super rich, you know that my Kevlar would be made of jewels. I would. Oh, 100%. I don't think that they would deflect modern day bullets, but you if you bring like a musket diamond in. chain mail at all times. It'd be so heavy. It'd be a look. I would be like, I can't breathe right now. <laughs> so obviously they probably stripped them of all of their jewels. I don't know. What, what did he give them? They were all wearing amulets with his portrait in them. Okay, that's close to him giving them crosses. Okay, fine. Take a drink and happiness or sadness, whatever you want. <laughs> Lots of sadness, but also hope that someday we'll find out what happened to Anastasia. She was there. She did. <laughs> that is not what Ingrid Berkman and Yul Brenner said in their movie, nor what Meg Ryan and their... John Cusack said in their movie. <laughs> All right. Next number. Four. Okay. He told Sarina Alexandra not to let the doctors give Alexi blank. Cocaine. No, but that's good advice for child rearing. <laughs> anybody wants to let me babysit their children which he does not want to do we've already discussed how much i hate them will i give them cocaine though no, no. you're not gonna waste it no. on a child <laughs> yeah. yeah um not to give him it's leeches. a medicine strychnine no laudanum no morphine no they did not have more medicines than that back then aspirin they had aspirin back then? Yes, they did. Take a drink. Oh. Is aspirin um, a blood thinner? It is a blood thinner, but people didn't know that aspirin was a blood thinner until the 1950s. Oh, how did he know? I don't know if it was just like a wild guess, but he was like, don't let them give Alexi aspirin. So that actually helped yeah. with his hemophilia because he eventually just kind of stopped bleeding and rather than having his blood thinned out and continue right. to bleed. Interesting. Yeah. All right, a couple more. Which one? We have two more. We've already done seven. Mm-hmm. We have let's, five and six left. Let's do six. Okay. So, Rasputin, remember, he was married and had children. His one daughter, Maria, came to, like, kind of visit him over the years. Apparently, like, he had more relationship with her than his other two kids. She survived throughout the revolution. <laughs> she survived those visits. She did. <laughs> she survived the revolution, and then she later worked as a blank. And there are several answers, so I will take any of them. Okay. First of all, I just want to say it didn't occur to me until just now to think like, oh, can you imagine tracing your family tree and being like a hundred years ago, my great, great grandfather or whatever? Because it wouldn't be that many generations. It's not that long ago. Yeah. Was Rasputin? Yeah. I feel like I should, if that's the case for me, I should be able to walk into any job and be (laughs) like. like, Just stare at them with the crazy eyes. And be like, no, I'm a fascinating character. Do you know who my great-grandpa was? Rasputin, that's if, right. If you don't hire me, I At will show up to every corporate event and I will lick the ladle <laughs> That's right. for the buffet. 
And if you do hire me, I will still do that. Probably. Yeah. Um, His daughter, so Maria. she worked as a... Blank. Can I ask a, a question? Sure. Is it academic? Nope. Okay. She worked as a... Oh, I want to say something medical, but no. An advocate for Jewish people. No. Take a drink. More entertaining than all of your boring answers, mm. Topher. She was a burlesque dancer. She did cabaret. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking a celebratory step. Yeah, you should. So she survived the revolution. She did she dress as him? No. She didn't she, have a fake beard? Okay, no, we're going to talk about this. She had to leave Russia. She was married at the time. She and her husband had to leave Russia for their own safety. And she and her husband divorced. Because of the affiliations with yeah, the royal family? the royal family, yeah. Which is so funny. Like... My father abandoned me and then became really close with the royal family. And now you're coming after me? Well, basically, yeah. Bitch, so she, please. So she left, divorced her husband, whatever. She worked in France as a cabaret dancer. Nice. At times to support herself and her children. As they say in the movie Anastasia, you can, can, can too. And she did can, can. She can, can, can. She can, can. She could, can. She could, could. Yes. She, hey, wait, is that the past tense of can, can? She could, could. Could, could? Yeah. She did, did. <laughs> she did, done. So she worked as a cabaret dancer. At one point, I don't know if this is when she was still in Europe or when she came to the U.S. because she came to the U.S. After that, she would have shows where she would kind of dance like the life and death of her father. And there would be like another actor kind of dressed as her father on stage. And she kind of like dance as a reaction to this bearded guy dressed like her dad this is disturbing sounds possibly therapeutic very interesting yes 10 out of 10 would see it okay after her cabaret dancing career guess what she became next a pinup model no a lion tamer in a circus act well you know you gotta <laughs> gotta think of US. retirement i guess well she didn't retire yet she was still working at that but she had to quit after she was mauled by a not a lion but a tiger bear Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Indeed. That didn't stop her from working during World War II. She worked as a riveter in the U.S. Is she Rosie? Rosie? No. Wouldn't that be cool, though? That would be cool. <laughs> like, such a weird trajectory of that Rescuing family. Rescuing the riveter. <laughs> right? <laughs> now, I want to see some fan art with Rosie the riveter, but with, like, like crazy eyes and rescued and beard. Just the, still the arm is still like doing like, the, oh, I'm yeah. strong, but just the intense look. Some rotten food in the background. Oh, no, she worked as a riveter and she was forced to retire because she got too old to do the job, but she was going to still do it. Good for her. She yeah. sounds amazing. She settled in this Russian community in um, Southern California and died in San Diego in 1977. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's so wild to think about. Like, yeah. again, just... The timeline here. Yeah. You think of it as so, so long ago. But it's really not. Although I guess we're old people talking about this, whereas yeah. like any Gen Zers listening to this would be like, but that was like 50 years ago. Shut and up, I'm Gen like, Z. <laughs> no, it's not. That was like... 20 years ago. Yeah, it was 20. Anything, yeah. because we're in the 90s, right? Like, right. so anything... I'm perpetually in the late 90s. <laughs> Seriously, anytime I see like a movie that was made in the 50s or the 60s, I'm, I'm like, like that was 30 ago. to 20 years 40 ago. 40 years, yeah. yeah. No. A long time ago. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right, final question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. There were rumors of Blank helping out with his assassination, and it's a country, not a person. Mm. A country. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about his actual assassination stuff in a sec. This was obviously two years before the revolution. So, like, yeah. 1915? He died, like, 19... Because the revolution happened in 1917. 
Yeah, but they didn't. The Russian family wasn't killed right then. Mm, the okay. family wasn't killed for a couple of years. Because <laughs> who's laughing at who now eating their peach from their cocktail? It didn't go the way I planned. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> kind of slid back into the martini <laughs> class. <laughs> Got away from you. Oh, no. Um, okay, so which country? This was still during World War I. Yeah. The obvious answer that I want to say is is Germany. Mm-hmm. Why? What's your reasoning? Because they were always the bad guys in these wars. <laughs> Guess you gather, Germany. God, Germany. I could also see Italy. Oh. Okay. Just because of the religious aspect. Okay. I'm going to go with Germany. You're wrong. Eat your peach. Is it Austria-Hungary? <laughs> no, Great Britain. Really? Yeah. They were women as being part of his... <laughs> So, sorry, they were rumored as being part of his assassination because they were worried because of Alexandra being born in Germany that Russia would try to like ally themselves more with like Germany and Austria during World War One and fight against Great Britain and France. Right. So they didn't want that to happen. So there are rumors that they helped out with his assassination, but those have been pretty much discredited. How Although, he, in the recent film, The Kingsman 2 or 3, I don't oh, know. Oh, the third one, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's the bad guy. And, like, that rumor is kind of, like, really played up as a plot point in the film. Yeah, I do remember that. So how did he actually die? Let's Great question. Let's talk about it. Because I know they tried to poison him. They well, tried to shoot him. There was they more tried to that. put him under the ice, which is what killed him in the movie Anastasia. The, the biopic. <laughs> the movie what? Anastasia. <laughs> So we have finished our shot and our first cocktail and are about halfway through our second cocktail. Just so y'all know. Keep up is what I'm saying. Keep up. Yeah. So there was a first assassination attempt against him in 1914 where a peasant woman stabbed him in the abdomen. Peasants. Am I right? Am I right? Where did she even get the... How could she afford a knife? Well, here's the thing. She was a follower of this religious guy who really hated Rasputin and didn't like the fact that Rasputin had so much power and influence over the royals. AKA, he was jealous that he didn't personally. Yeah. And she denies that, like, this religious dude told her to go stab Rasputin. But, but she was totally yeah. yeah. But she was like, you're the Antichrist, and, like, stabbed Rasputin right. in the stomach. Right. He recovered. He lived. So then... um, in 1916, there was... Which a, is also amazing, by the right. way, considering that, like, all, like, 15 of his siblings died as babies. All 30 of his siblings all perished. 57 of mm-hmm. his siblings perished. He did come from hardy stock. To he was be, just a hardy dude. To be stabbed in the stomach yeah. and during that time? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, they didn't even have, like, rubbing alcohol. They would just, like, pour vodka and spit on your open wound and hope for the best. Maybe that, hey, maybe we're drinking the stuff that's going to make us strong. Woo! So I'm going to stab you later and see how it goes. Honestly, you know what? It was good enough for Betty White. It's good enough for us. Right? Vodka is a miracle worker is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to his actual assassination. And this Mm -hmm. is where you were talking about. This all happened in one night. With, like, the poisonings and the shootings and the drownings. Oh, my God. What? It was all in one night. Let's talk about it. Because I thought these were all separate things. I did, too. I thought it was stretched over the course of at least several months, if not several years. No. This is the one. Sorry. I am belching in surprise right now. (laughs) Surprise, burp. (laughs) Yes. This happened in one night. So there were these nobles who, again, really didn't like. Thank you for fixing my jewelry. I'm going to mess it up just to annoy you now. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'll fix it again. He really didn't like him and, again, didn't like the power that he had over the royal family. 
So there is this guy named Prince Felix Yusupov and Stupid name. Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich, whatever, who in 1916 invited Rasputin over for dinner. They're like, hey, Grigory, let's let's hang out and chill. And so he's like, okay, cool. They <laughs> supposedly... Somebody please make a video of this, like, drunk history style yes. where you have actual people, like, lip syncing to... Let's be honest. This is what our podcast is, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it for all the fan animated films. So Rasputin was like, okay, cool. He's like, cool, yeah, I like food. I'll food, come over. Food. So they gave him cyanide-infused food and wine. That will do it. It didn't do it. They are bad poisoners. Yes. They needed some toast. You know what kind of wine it was? Wine. Wine it was. Like the variety. Just a random guess, yeah. What would they have? I don't know what the Russian court was drinking back then. I would assume some kind of claret or like Bordeaux. It was Madeira. Oh, gross. But isn't that weird? Not really. People used to drink that shit. Okay, well, fine. I thought it was interesting. I actually do like Madeira. Apparently you don't. No, that's, I do think that's very interesting. Madeira is good. It, yeah. But it's like an after-dinner drink. Well, maybe it was after they had already given him the cyanide food. They're like, fuck, it's not working. Let's put some cyanide in the wine. I feel like that's such a reaction that you would have where you're like, I cooked this delicious meal. Eat this. And then you're like, fuck. And you call me from like the yeah. bathroom. And I'm like, well, how much did you know? Rachel, I told you to put a tablespoon, not a teaspoon. And you're like, fuck. Uh, and I'm like, you need to yeah. abort. And you're like, no, it's fine. I'm just going to put some in the Madeira. And I'm like, please don't, don't do that. It's just going to be grainy. No, I'm going to put some in the Madeira. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's how it went. Um, it didn't work, so. Because <laughs> it was grainy. They got frustrated. They shot him in the torso somewhere. They thought that did the trick. So then they took him back to his home, like his apartments, whatever. Some of this is disputed, so whatever. They like put him in his bed to try to make it look like, oh, he just died in his home. Weird, right? <laughs> Pay no attention to this gun wound and his torso. Then he sat up and was like, I'm not dead. And they're like, oh, no. Also, first rule of being, like, assassinated, if you survived these two attempts, just play dead. Like, play possum. Well, I guess he was mad, which, fair. Fair, but also, do you want to continue to live? Nah. Maybe he's like, I've had a good run. So then Maybe they he felt sorry for them. Then they shot him again. They shot him in the back and shot him in the head. You can... I was not prepared for this image when researching. You can see a picture of his corpse with like a bullet hole through his head, which is intense, which is not what okay. I was looking for. Trigger warning there if yeah. you're looking anything up. Don't be cautious. So then they're like, well, maybe he's still <laughs> that alive. Be the photo that we use for no. Our- Oh, no, that's awful. No. No, then they're like, well, maybe he's not really dead. So then they wrapped him up in cloths and dumped him in the frozen river. Right. As one does. And then his body was found afterwards, and he was obviously dead at that point. Now, there were rumors that there was water found in his his lungs, (laughs) which would suggest that he was still alive when he was thrown into the river and trying to breathe. There were also rumors, too, that he was trying to, like, claw his way out of, like, the bound cloth that they had wrapped him up in, which would, again, suggest that he had somehow survived a headshot. That's... Which is insane to me. Yeah. That's been like debated back and forth. I can see maybe you got a headshot that hit you in such a way that like it puts you like in a comatose thing. I don't I don't really buy the It's really (laughs) difficult to survive a gunshot to the head. Yeah. 
Maybe he did have water in his lungs because he was like faintly breathing. Maybe so like shallow breaths. Yeah, but I don't think he would have had it in him. Although I don't know. Apparently he was a fucking like healer and spiritual man. And interesting. Yeah, that's what finally killed him. The royal family, the Romanovs had a funeral for him. They were the only people in attendance along with some like other royals. But then they met with his family later on. They're like, oh, sorry, you're estranged dad slash husband died that sucks during the russian revolution his body was exhumed and then burned because the people were afraid that his followers would kind of use that as a rallying point to fight against the revolution because again his connection to the romanoff family but so many rumors about his death and there was also this crazy rumor that he was castrated Mm. after he was killed because so that he couldn't impregnate anybody posthumously yeah. Well, that, again, remember some of the stories early on about him yeah. possibly raping people? One of the stories goes that he had raped a noble woman. And so she was part of this assassination plot to and castrated him as like an act of revenge mm. against his death. I wouldn't blame her. And then there was a thing about like, oh, there was a penis that showed up like embalmed, like in a jar. Just not just like hanging around. <laughs> it didn't just like come and knock on the door. Uh, hello. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. No. Oh. That was me gesturing low hangers, yeah, knocking we, against a door, by the way. I think you guys got that audio in. <laughs> um, that showed up in Paris and was being like worship. It's like this fertility symbol. It was a sea cucumber. Oh, my God. That was embalmed in a jar. That's hilarious. Because, again, there were rumors like, oh, he's got a big old dick. So someone's like, I'll put a sea cucumber in a jar and say it's Rasputin's penis. I do, after hearing that story, want my tombstone to say this is what finally killed him. Right? You know? Like make it make it look as though there were a lot of other things that tried to kill me, but I survived them all. But then make it like something that's really ridiculous. Like yeah. like zebra stampede. Mm, fair. You shouldn't have wandered into that safari enclosure. <laughs> shouldn't have wandered into that Sephora. The all the zebras in it. It is the black and white stripe, so that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that nuts about Mm -hmm. his death? So after he died, we know, like, the Romanovs did not do very well. They were apparently, like, really upset that he had died and, like, were really forlorn. And then the Russian Revolution started. They were assassinated. And that was pretty much it for them. But I would have sent Alexei away immediately. I would have sent him to another country. Well, yeah. Not that they could have necessarily protected him that well, but. May not have died. Men have been assassinated, yeah. But he has, Rasputin has lived on as this, like, really villainous, mysterious figure in pop culture, Mm. which I think is so fascinating. It is really fascinating because we don't actually know the story. Like, everything is so steeped in rumors and gossip, whether it be positive or negative publicity. Yeah. But there's not really a whole lot, I guess, from what I'm hearing from you, there's not a whole lot that's... And Concrete. There's, there's even like some stuff that's widely believed to be true, but is still disputed. Like there are some disputes about was there actually cyanide in his food or was that something that they had the nobles who assassinated him had just discussed doing, but maybe one chickened out. Right. Like that's even in dispute. So it's hard to know because he was such a divisive figure. It's difficult to say with complete accuracy. Oh, this really happened or this really happened. Yeah. I will say, fun fact that I learned, excuse you, fun fact that I learned from Boyfriend this morning. You know how when you see a film as like, the contents of this film are entirely fictional and bear no resemblance to real people living or dead. That's because of Rasputin. Really? Yes. Yes. 
So there was an early film, I think in like the 1920s or 30s, about Rasputin, about his assassination in particular. And the wife of one of his assassins, she was portrayed in the film, not in a great light. So she actually ended up going after the filmmakers and producers for like, I'm a real person and you portrayed me negatively and this is going to hurt my reputation. So that's when that disclaimer emerged. interesting yeah i've always wondered about that especially mm-hmm. because i watch a lot of law and order svu and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm like bitch this is not coincidental we know which headline this yeah is exactly from. i'm like mm, i was just watching a documentary about that yeah. that's really cool mm-hmm. growing up i was very fascinated with the romanov family and anastasia and obviously yeah. part of that is because of the 1997 movie anastasia but even before that i had with my parents watched the like 1950s Ingrid Bergman, Yul Brynner yeah. movie, which I've not watched since then. But I just, I loved things that were mysterious. And I remember there was this book series at the library that mm-hmm. I would get all the time. And it wasn't called Princess Diaries. That's a different thing. <laughs> That's with Anne Hathaway. But do you remember there was that book series that was a Royal Diaries maybe? Mm. And it was these hardcover books But they were written in the style of diary entries, and they had one that was Pocahontas, one that was um, Queen Elizabeth, but before when she was just Mm -hmm. a Princess Mm -hmm. Elizabeth. Yeah, it sounds vaguely Um, familiar, yeah. Anastasia was in it, Marie Antoinette had one, all of these things, and it was giving you like a picture of their life as like a middle school aged girl. And I was fascinated with them. I loved them. They also, it was the same people who did the Dear America Diary yes, series. Yes, I loved those books. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that same thing where it's like, actually, it's like a diary and has like the bookmark. Yeah. And at the end of it, they would have like actual photos of the people or, or like their paintings or whatever mm-hmm. and tell you like the historical things. Yeah. And so I got really obsessed with her. And uh, there was a guy that was renting a room from us in California while my dad was in seminary Mm -hmm. um, named Mike. And he was a police cadet and then became a policeman. Mm -hmm. And I'm like 12 years old. Thought he was so fucking hot. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he ended up marrying this girl. My little sibling was the flower girl at the wedding. And for their wedding gifts... I, I was taking art lessons at the time mm-hmm. and was really into chalk pastels. Mm-hmm. And so I recreated the portrait of Anastasia Romanov <laughs> where she's like wearing like her full on regalia. Uh-huh. And it was fucking good too. Uh-huh. It was really, really good. It took me like an entire week to do. And I gave it to them as their wedding present. And then like, you know, a couple months later we go um, after they've been on their honeymoon and all yeah. this stuff. We get invited to their apartment together. Uh-huh. And I start looking around to be like, like where's, where's, my yeah, where's, yeah. where's this thing? Uh huh. Didn't have it up. <gasps> and that's when I was like, fuck it. I'm never giving anybody anything for free ever again. I thought that's when you're like, that's when I turned against the cops. A cab, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my villain origin story. <laughs> so I was okay. like, yeah, Rasputin had it right. Okay. But in their, in their defense, wouldn't that be odd to get as a wedding gift from like, a teenage neighbor, just a portrait. I wasn't of a, a dead neighbor. Russian royal. I wasn't a neighbor. I was a close family friend. Mm-hmm. And it was very good. Have, had they ever expressed interest in Anastasia? It doesn't matter. I was sharing okay. my interest with them. <laughs> and again, it's art. It was high art. <laughs> Are you telling me that fair. if a twelve-year-old gave you this beautiful replica of a portrait? <laughs> 
We're like, oh, thank you. That's so creative. Do you want to see what the, the portrait looks like? I do. But before we do that, are we ready to deliver a verdict? No, because first you have to see a what this portrait over? looks like. I'm going to pronounce you guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty of being a precocious 12-year-old. I was a very, <laughs> very precocious 12-year-old. Ta-da. I really want to see your picture. It looked amazing. Of it. So, are you ready to deliver your verdict? Yes. Now that you have said that Topher, that gift was lovely, I can't believe that they weren't grateful and didn't. Are you going to dub my voice into this? Topher, that gift was lovely. All right. So, so are we judging the vodka or Rasputin or both? Are we doing two verdicts? It's always both, right? I mean, like. All right. It comes together as one. Like, he's representing this vodka now. This vodka is representing him. Okay. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Mistrial. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Not enough evidence. The vodka is delicious. Rasputin has a very um, mixed legacy behind mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So you can't say for sure that he's guilty or not yeah, guilty. Yeah, we, we can't with 100% certainty. Right. Mistrial. Yeah. yeah. Gotta be mistrial. Although technically isn't that... Just saying you're not guilty if you can't with 100% certainty say that someone's guilty. But you don't say that they're guilty, Dover. No, you just say that they're not guilty. But no, but like mistrial is like, we think maybe you did it, but we can't like in legal terms say for sure. I'm a lawyer. (laughs) She's lying. I'm not a lawyer. Oh, Lord, I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) Either way, the trial is inconclusive. Inconclusive, yes. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this fantastic journey. For those of you who tuned in for the first time this season. Why this episode? (laughs) You understand better now what our liquor episodes are going to be like. Yes, you do. And so now you can get really excited for the next one that we do. Yeah. Um, We look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions for us or things that you would like us to try, feel free to reach out to us at True Crimes Against Wine, Gmail and TikTok. Instagram and Facebook. Cheers. Cheers. Ciao. Bye. Bye.